This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Gabby Barr, and I'm here with Mr. Greg Crumpton. Greg, how are you today? Gabby, I'm doing pretty darn good. I'm, I'm a little bit sluggish. I took the old flu shot yesterday, so I'm, I'm a little. I'm like 89.9% okay, but a uh, little bit, a little bit sluggish. But um, really excited to have our guest today. Um, this dude, I've been following him for a while, and over the last, I guess, 18 months, I've been working with him a little closer. Uh, but before that, I just knew of his uh, aura. So we're going to be able to dive into uh, the aura and the real version today. So looking forward to having some fun with this one. Fantastic. Well, today we are welcoming Corey Brown. He is the Vice President of Business Development at ServiceLogic. Corey, how are you doing today? I'm very good, Gabby. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Well, Corey, your your um, your reputation precedes you in a lot of ways because I was thinking about it this morning, knowing that we were going to be talking, and the first thing I re- I know that I remember about you is I saw this video of you doing sales training, e- either for our people or, or you were doing it uh, your own gig. I can't remember, but. I thought, man, what what a crazy guy. I got to get to know him. So uh, it's good to be able to work with you a little closer the last couple of years since you moved over to the, the corporate sure. team. Um, so before we get going too much, tell us a little bit about you and what you do and where you do it and why you do it. Sure. Um, yeah. So I don't know how far you want me to start back, but I currently uh, – VP of business development for our, our uh, specifically catering to our strategic accounts team. So um, if people have many buildings across this great nation, uh, we are here to help them pull all that together and execute services uh, in a more effective, efficient, and cost-effective manner. So that's what I'm doing today. Uh, for the past, I started in the HVAC business uh, with one of our subsidiaries, Piedmont Service Group. Back then it was Piedmont Air Conditioning. Back in 2004, um, I entered the HVAC industry and entered actually on the sales side um, is where I kind of started. Um, I've learned a little bit about HVAC over the years, but um, I'm still probably most proficient in the in the business development arena. So, I, I, so in North Carolina is where I am born and raised. Um, I live in Greenville, North Carolina, um, and so I grew up working for Piedmont Service Group in the Greenville office. So I developed sales um, and business development for their Eastern Region office out of Greenville. So Piedmont uh, is chocked full of good people, and um, I really enjoy the people that I get to interact with. There, Keith uh, Sami. And and I think a guy who I'm, I'm anxious to hear you talk about HB. Oh man, the reason that I'm in this business actually. So tell us a little bit about him and and kind of what he's meant to you and your journey and and yeah. like you still work in that office. I think that's where you are now. I do, I do. Uh, the parts guy Tony just he hated climbing stairs, so they just moved my you know, office to the upstairs. I have a window now, Greg. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. Well, that is good. So yeah, HB um, 
when I graduated Appalachian State University, I did not know really what I wanted to do. Um, and so I got a job at uh, Premier Ford in Rocky Mountain at the time. And I uh, got a little bit of sales experience uh, in the car dealership world for about a year or so. Uh, thought I was going to move to Atlanta where I was dating a girl at the time to start my career. And that didn't work out. Um, so came back home, the girl. Uh, and so I wasn't going to move to Atlanta with no one. So um, came back home and was like, all right, I got to start networking. I had quit that job and bought a little Volkswagen Jetta <laughs> at 23 years old or whatever it was. And I said, you know, I need to start networking. Let me let me uh, start calling some folks. And I knew a guy named HB as a family friend. My sister-in-law babysat his kids. She's from Greenville originally. And uh, I knew HB only as like... We, they came to the lake with us, you know, when I was in college or something. And I knew him as like knowing everybody, which he's still, people call him the mayor of Greenville, even though he's not the mayor. So I called him and said, HB, let me buy you lunch, brother. Right. I said, I know, you know, some people and I'm looking for a job. So I put all my college paraphernalia in, in my briefcase and, and bought him lunch at the Dragonfly restaurant, a little Thai place here in Greenville. I didn't know it, but he was interviewing me the whole time. Um, and at the end, at the kind of the end of our meal, he goes, well, I don't know anybody, but I do have a job that I want you to apply for. <laughs> well, there you go. There you he go. He had a, a rep was going to go be a stay-at-home mom. Uh, so uh, he was looking for someone in the coming months. So that that's how I entered the HVAC business, man. I didn't know what the V stood for in HVAC. I could smart enough to figure out the other ones, but I I don't know if Google was around yet as prevalent as it is today. So I <laughs> had to tell me what the V stood for. Well, I, I think that, you know, you, like me, like so many others that we get to talk to have had these foundational people in their career, you know, yeah. that, that got them started or maybe took them to the next level or, or gave them gave them something. What is it about HB that makes them uh, a little bit special in your life as far as a uh you know, somebody that helped you not only give gave you a job, but I know he's kind of done some nurturing along the way as oh, well. Oh, yeah. I mean, HB's been a mentor. You know, back when I started, I was the only sales rep in the office. He had had a couple come through before me that didn't do as stellar as he wanted them to. So he was, he was hoping, you know, that this friendship, now business relationship was going to pan out into something. And we just get along well. I mean, we think the same. We keep our cars clean. <laughs> The same way we're kind of organized in the same right. We both love Lake Gas and and we're both people people, right? We we love meeting new folks. So it was a lot of fun because I didn't know HB all that well until I started working with him. I was a family friend, but until we started working together, that's when we really solidified an awesome friendship because we rode together. I bet he rode everywhere I went for the first six, eight months. Um, and up until, you know, Three years into my career, right, he was still, I'd be like, hey, man, you want to go on some first appointments today, right? We're hitting Rocky Mountain, right? This is some of his old stomping grounds. And I'd take him with me. And we we worked. I've gone to meetings with other people where we were stepping all over each other, right? Um, but me and HB tag teamed really well. Um, he went on surveys with me. I remember uh, I, I took a deal. I had a, a friend who uh, was a senior partner in the EP Marts right in um in eastern north carolina and he was like ep marts that sounds familiar and he goes are those gas stations 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. But he owns 15 of them. So, we, you know, this is three months of my career. We're surveying every little EP Mart in eastern North Carolina. And this is back when you could still smoke, you know, in, uh, in facilities. And it, they were train smoking and in, in, uh, chain smoking in, in the EP Marts. So we took a filter out of a unit on top of this place. And HB's doing the work, right? He's pulled out the fingers. It looks like tar. <laughs> oh, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. You know? <laughs> so we had a lot, of, a lot of fun going to business development events, networking events, chamber of commerce stuff, the, the stuff that we were doing to just try to grow the business. So we, we just had a lot of fun together. I don't think he knew what he was biting off as far as a personality, you know, in hiring me and what effect I would have on the the common office environment. Uh, the desk I'm sitting at right now was in his office. And when I got there, yeah, I was 23. I was a kid, dude, right? So I like to scare people still in my career. <laughs> it was fun to jump out and make people jump. Well, we had done this to about everybody else in the office and nobody was brave enough to try to, you know, make HB jump. And I, he had walked down the hall I went and climbed under his desk. This is the middle of the day, two o'clock. <laughs> I went and climbed under his desk and was going to jump out at him when he came back in the office. Well, I did exactly that. And he almost lost his mind. The problem was he was on the cell phone with a client. <laughs> That's composure under pressure. I escaped getting fired several times because of a uh, good friendship working with my, my uh, uh, manager. <laughs> So how does that, um, you know, that was in 04, so 19 years ago. Yeah. How has that relationship, uh, not only with HB, but maybe some other people, how has that like morphed or evolved over time? Are you, do you see yourself now um, more of a peer and, and you're able to talk peer to peer or how, how does that work for you? Yeah, for me, it's probably not change as much maybe it has for for him uh now that he's not my direct manager so it's probably he's probably not glad you know that he can t have a little bit more peer to peer conversation with me because as a as a manager and I'm one of his you know subordinates in the office and one of you know 15 20 30 you know if you're talking technicians as well well you just you you can't open up all the books and open up all the conversations um and so we can certainly today have a little bit more peer-to-peer uh, -peer conversation than we probably uh, than he was probably able to converse with me in in the past eighteen years. How about that? I love that that different or, or the different stages of relationship that you get to go through because I've done it with with several people over time and yeah. you know like to your point maybe you're working for them and then you're working with them. And then you're working alongside of them. And each one of those has its own little dynamic of, of you know, just like, you know, I did that with my dad. You know, he yeah. was my he was my dad, my boss, my mentor, my instructor, my coworker. And then uh, it was just really fun to watch those. Uh, even now to look back and think about the learning moments when you're moving through these these different phases of your relationship how cool that is yeah. to and, and you know you you get to these little crossroad moments like i wouldn't have done that three years ago but i can say that now and that's right. that's pretty cool when you when you're able to do that and, and that's probably true in any relationship but you know i i 
you know, thank God for, um, as I've done a lot of training now in, in service logic and over the past, you know, nine, 10 years for our new, new sales hires and folks that come in the business, uh, one of the key takeaways that as an organization, um, I know Shane is, is trying to uh, promote on his side with sales training and, and making sure if salespeople get what they need, HB willing to kind of go wherever I needed him to go and mentor me um, in the beginning was super helpful. It, you know, three months into this gig, Greg, it was, uh, it was actually this weekend, probably 19 years ago, right before Labor Day weekend, I had called everyone I knew and nobody would answer the phone. And I walked in his office and I was like, dude, I I've been doing this for four months. I've called everybody. Nobody wants this. I should probably find something else to do. <laughs> and he's like, dude, you know, you you're all right. Hey, it's, you know, Friday before Labor Day. You know, just just keep at it. Right. Yeah. 19 years I later, I'm still there. Yeah. Right. So I've had several of those conversations where I walked in his office over the years <laughs> and uh, was was whining and crying, and he was able to uh, support me in a way that was real meaningful. Yeah. So you you mentioned doing some training, Corey, and I know you do that for our what do we call it the boot camp for That's for right. our new new maintenance uh, sales rep. So when you're doing those courses, um, I guess you know, and these are folks from all over the country, so you have a lot of different personality, have a lot of different cultures from our different companies coming together. How do you, how do you, um, and I've been thinking about this a lot because I've got this event coming up uh, and, and I'm having a keynote speaker who's coming to talk about communicating with the different generations in the workplace. Yep. And uh, how, how do you like tailor your, your delivery or your teaching to such a wide audience? How, do, how does that work for you? And you do have an accent that a lot of those people don't have and or understand. <laughs> yeah, people from Denver and California ask me to repeat myself a lot. So uh, most people at least get the Carolinas. You know, some people guess Georgia, but you're you're right. I, and and to answer your question, Greg, I don't know that I cater it a whole lot, honestly, brother. It is kind of here's the information. Um, I am a very animated person. If you hadn't picked up on that so far uh, in this conversation, and you know me well enough to know that, but I, I think over the years, I just try to treat people like I'd want to be treated, right? So whether that is in a uh, sales arena, whether I'm training somebody uh, of how to do this business, it's the, the why you would do it is more important than uh, sometimes than, than what you are doing at any point in time. Because if they understand the why you would even approach a situation in a certain way, um, you will naturally kind of, it'll come out of you. Okay. If you understand why you're doing it. So whether you say all the right words, uh, you know, in these, um, in these training sessions, everybody's trying to mimic, you know, what, what I'm doing or what Shane might be saying. And it takes some repetition. It wasn't natural to me either. I look, I, I repeated every story that HB Moore told me in, in our meetings for the first two years of my life. So that, that relationship of hearing those stories over and over is very, very helpful. Um, and then I got to a point where I had my own stories and, you know, 19 years goes by and, and you know, I, people are using my stories, right? Because I preach them. <laughs> so I, I think there's a certain um, 
this business, when, when, if you're in a business development role and you're a new salesperson and about any business, right, probably, there's a certain mantra in it and, and how people come to the table is, oh, I got to sell something, right? Um, it took to achieve success. Well, that might be true in the moment and you might have some pressure on that, right? But really, this business is a service business. And the more you are able to serve people to help them accomplish their goals, um, in any business, you, you will be more successful. So sometimes it, and that resonates with everybody, no matter whether they're from Seattle, Washington, or uh, uh, Greenville, North Carolina, or Miami, Florida. Well, that, that's well said. You know, I think that as a salesperson, you take what you learn and then you kind of have to synthesize it for yourself. You know, like, Okay, I hear Corey's words, but how how do I do that in in Beaverton, Oregon? You know how yeah. how does that, how how do you tweak it? Yeah, that makes sense. I'm I'm reading a pretty cool book right now. It's by Rick Rubin, and uh, I don't know if you know who Rick Rubin is, but the guy's he he's been um, you know so influential in music and writing and uh, movies and uh, the the part that I re- I read it last night. Uh, after I took my flu shot before I felt like crap, but um, it was, he's talking about when you get in that creative mode and how you kind of personalize that and how do how, and for me, that meant, okay, if I know something, how do I communicate that to the person? And for me, it's education because I am not a good salesperson. I'm good at educating people so that when they're ready to buy, they know who to call. You know, that's been that's been my way of making a living. And I, I was thinking about it last night. Like when you get this idea, how do you how do you like customize it or or tweak it for the moment or, or for that situation? And, you know, thinking about customer meetings and crisis that we've all been through at work or at home, you know, just taking that little bit of a pause and like, how do I do this and how do I make this come out right without regurgitating? And, yeah. um, you know, I can see where, what do you, you do like 30 people at the time in these courses, right? Yeah. Uh, anywhere from, you know, depending on the, the season, probably 15 to 50 is our 55 was our biggest class. That's a little big, but um, it was after COVID and everybody was screaming for some boot camp. Well, you had a big crowd. I saw you what a year ago you, in in uh, Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte, yeah, that was about twenty five, yeah, twenty eight folks, something like that. Yeah, that was a good crowd too. But yeah, I, I was just thinking about how you have to really, you know, the and this lady that I, I read, uh, and actually we had her on the on the podcast, Kim Scott. She said that. Um, it didn't matter what the word sounded like when it left your mouth. What it mattered, what mattered was how it hit their ear. That's and, right. Man, I've thought about that so much. Um, do you remember where you were on there, Gabby, that day, or were you out that day when when we had Kim on? But man, I really thought that was. Oh, I was there. Yeah. That was such a cool moment for me to, and it's not like anything profound like you hadn't thought about that before but when she said it and i don't remember exactly what we were talking about when she said it but that all plays into reading people and understanding the the you got 25 salespeople. how do you you know it's like a jellyfish you know you squeeze it here and it pops out over here and i'm just training people is not easy 
Yeah, you know. no, it's it's really not. And it and you know, you're trying to you know, the difficult thing is I'm trying to impart what I've done for nineteen years and pack it all into a, you know, four day session, right? And there's a lot to cover and there's really no replacement for practicing this for years, right? So because I remember <laughs> I remember stepping into a couple first meetings when I first got a job in this industry, not knowing what on earth I was talking about. But I was following my process and taking a lot of pictures of HVAC equipment <laughs> and data plates to, to, to try to go back to the office and say, OK, help me. Or even with some of the clients, I knew some of the engineers I was, you know, facility guys knew a whole lot more than I did. I, and so I'd, I'd say, if you were the facilities guy, Greg, I'd be like, Greg, I'm new to this, brother. Can you help me understand your facility? And honestly, th those boys would pipe up, yes, sir, come on, let me take you on a tour. And and they loved training a young guy that was interested in, in the deal, right? I totally support that, Corey. You know, in fact, I, I made a note this morning. I got to write an article later today, and my my note to myself was, no buzzwords, be honest about it. And what for me, that meant, you know, don't try to BS somebody, just tell them where you're at. You know, if, if, if you're going to look at a new piece of HVAC equipment when you're three months into the gig, there's a lot of different HVAC equipment out there and you can't possibly learn it all. Right. But just having enough humility to go to somebody and say, hey, I need some help. Right. And I, I believe in my, my 59 years that people genuinely want to help you if you'll just ask. You know, yep. we've got this stupid big old ego thing that we carry around like a ball and chain with us. And we're sometimes hesitant to ask for help because of how it's going to make us look. Right. And that doesn't help a darn thing. You know, my, my wife and I talk about this a lot. She's she's working through this uh, daily Bible reading and yep. it's kind of like you, you read some scripture and then you read real life beside it, but kind of how it plays off. And sure. it's uh, it's pretty amazing that how uh, we as humans are so egotistical about things yep. we don't even think we're egotistical about until it's like right here in your face. Like, yes, you moron, you are. So humility works better than ego 100 percent of the time. You know, if God Almighty said it and wrote it down in a book, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best to to run that route. <laughs> well, you know, in our business, most of our young technicians uh, making their way are they're cowboys. You know, they're 28 years old. They're out there on their own. They nobody else is coming. They're going to drive an hour to a job site. They've got to have a little bit of edginess to them for their self. They have sure. to know in their heart, I've got this. Now, being 28 year old male in the past, I know that has gone too far because we become cocky uh, instead of confident. But right. it's um, that it, it's so true that that we're like that, you know, and drives me nuts. Because when you stop and think like, why am I pissed off about this or that? Most of the time, it's an internal issue. It's not. That's right. Oh, yeah. How am I going to look? Am I afraid of something? Right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, even on the sales side, bro, I, today, I mean, I've been doing this for 19 years, right? But today, if 
Sometimes it can still be, all right, I'm going to dial this phone, but I have no idea what the other line's going to, you know, who's going to be on the other line, what they're going to say and what I, you know, so, so that's where I have learned over the, uh, through a 19 year process, just to be very real with people. You know, we do what we do, right. And we try our best to help and serve people in this industry. And so, you know, no BS, just tell them, tell them what we can do and what, how other people have benefited from it. And if we can help them, great. That's typically, but honestly, that in and of itself is what a full day of, of our boot camp is, is helping people understand that they're not, you know, look, if you're out to serve people and help people, people don't want to bug people, right? If I call you too much, if I hit you with an email too much, people think, man, I'm, I'm an annoyance to people. Well, not really, right? If I can help Greg Crumpton, right? The fact that he's busy and doesn't answer my email the first five times I emailed him or my call the first five times does not mean anything negative against me. It just means that Greg, uh, Greg's busy, right? And it it just may take me seven times to get him on the phone. <laughs> well, seven's the magic number, isn't it? Isn't that the uh, history? Yeah. I, I was listening to, I can't remember what... Uh, I was listening to XM radio and they had some guy come on there and talk about sales. And he said, you know, I don't know how you ever validate this, but he said 80% of salespeople have never read a sales help book. <laughs> I, I find that kind of crazy, but also find it to be probably true um, because people don't tend to invest in themselves in their career because, you know, by the time a lot of people get home, they're like smoked. They're like done. Like, I don't want any more market scale or any more service logic. I'm done. I just want to chill. Sure. You know, I want to whatever. How do you, is part of your program encouraging people to be learners? Do you talk about that when you're doing your sales work, your, your boot camps? You know, we're teaching them a lot of stuff during that week. And if they don't practice it, right, you, you, you're you not going to get better at it, right? It's like, you know, Greg, if you had a wonky, you know, golf swing and you just can't hit your driver to save your I life, do, by the way. I'm not the best, but I, I, I have figured out I can teach people how to do things. And I'm not the best golfer, but if you're worse than I am, I can probably help you improve. <laughs> so if if I can show you a few things, that you say, oh, well, that makes sense, right? But if you never go home and practice them, you will not get proficient at it and you will maintain your wonky little, you know, golf swing, right? So I, I think it is absolutely the folks that are self-starters and self-motivated, they will find ways to learn what they need to learn and grow and develop um, uh, my wife will tell you that I'm kind of an achiever in everything that I do, whether it's my golf game, a new wakeboarding trick that I want to land, my business, wh what what else I want to do business wise, right? All of the even our marriage sometimes to her chagrin, <laughs> she's like, "Hey, I ain't no business, right?" So um, you know, there's there's and it's a lot of hardwiring, probably, maybe how my creator made me uh, and maybe how I was developed to, to, to get this mentality. I do find that 
you know, some of the personality profile testing out there is really great today. Um, Strength Finders happens to be just one of my favorites. Um, there's Disc Profile is also uh, one of my favorites. I don't think I took one before Piedmont hired me, right? But they did do that Disc Profile yeah. right before, you know, uh, entering the door so that they could make sure that the persona <laughs> was actually who I was. Well, what's crazy, I still have it. I think it's sitting back here on my shelf, Greg. The, they have the disc profile has a actual and adaptive profile, if you're familiar with it. And my actual and adaptive profile were almost the exact same. And so they they at least knew on paper that I wasn't lying to them and that I was just, you know, showing up, you know, to, to be this way for a meeting. So you were so close because the further apart they are is measured in stress. Correct. Because you're having to compensate. Correct. I'm a 99I. 99I. Okay. I believe that. I believe so, that. And it, adaptive and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, regular, normal, I guess. Well, you and normal may not can live in the same sentence, Corey. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. But it is amazing at how accurate those darn tests are, um, those, or those profiles are. And if you study them, it really helps you become a better communicator, you know, not just in sales, but um, so my wife and I, we went through this one. It was hosted by a guy named Gary Smalley. Um, and it was on, it used animals instead of DISD. And it was a beaver, an otter, a lion, and a golden retriever. And um, okay, which one are you? I am a uh, a beaver lion. All right. <laughs> so you know, if you, you take can animate that, uh, Gabby. That'd be great. And just <laughs> <laughs> if, if you think about those traits of those animals, uh, you know, you can easily correlate that over to to the DISC model. Sure. But sure. what what's fun for me, and I think I've said this before on here, is it's been fun to watch the development from on myself from when I first started taking these to now, um, sure. because this is my 41st summer doing HVAC stuff sure. uh, because 1982 was my first full-time year. Same here. I was partial year in 81 because I wasn't born yet. <laughs> See, I find zero humor in that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't even ask Gabby what year she was born. I know, I know. She's like, I got a pair of work boots older than she is. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know, Gabby, it's a good time to ask you what, when you think about this, and you know, you're around some professionals during the day, some, some not professional, I know those guys, but some you are around. How do you, how do you, um, how do you like take in the, the personalities as a young person when you see these older leaders kind of like doing their thing? Do you ever go, what a ditz bucket? Like, I mean, do you, do you think about leadership style or, or, or sales style with the people you interact with with sales or, and I know you're super non-judgmental. I know that about you. I feel like that's kind of a hard question just because like, as far as, like sales goes, I really don't have a lot of sales experience or sales knowledge, really. Um, I mean, I guess 
I did experience a little bit of it when I worked in retail, just because like you're always doing the selling. But even when I was in retail, it really wasn't something that we had to like work hard at. Like we weren't calling people and like reaching out to people and stuff in the same way that I feel like I experience sales now. It was more of like, hey, look, this shirt is 15% off. It would look great on you. Buy it. <laughs> and so like, it's kind of, a, it's this, I mean, it's all sales, but it was very, it's a very different concept to me now. So I feel like not really with like the sales team. And as far as leadership goes, um, I would say like even not really with leadership, I think that the difference is for me is that like I've had a lot of really good bosses in my life. I've been really, really lucky and fortunate in that area. Um, even, you know, prior to market scale, my boss at Justice was like a second mom to me. She was awesome. When I worked at the 24 hour desk, my boss was really great as well. Um, and so I think like as far as that goes, there's a lot of different leadership styles that I've seen that I don't necessarily, I can't, it's hard for me to be like judgmental towards it just because like, I don't particularly have that leadership experience. And I think it's really interesting to learn about different leadership styles and things like that. Like when we were talking to Kim, um, about her book and everything like that, that stuff's very interesting to me. Um, but as far as like legitimate experience in that area goes, I only know what I've seen from, you know, people in the past. So there are definitely, I think the most for me is like, I'll notice different styles. And it's not really that I'm like, oh, what are they doing? It's more of like, oh, well, like my previous boss did this, but I can see why she would have done this in this circumstance. Whereas this circumstance is different. So I could definitely see why we're doing it this way now. Um, so I would, I would say it's more of like a comparison where I kind of see the differences in leadership style less than like, uh, what are they doing? <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're fortunate because you're mature enough at this age to be able to, to discern that. And because when I was your age, I wasn't smart enough to do that yet. I was like just a goofball. Um, I wish that I would have had more skills where I could have learned what different people were, were how they were interacting with me, but I just didn't, you know, it just wasn't anything that was important uh, at that point to, to understand. But, you know, you said you're not in sales, but you are, because if you think about what you do, like sending us the, the meeting uh, invite for this, you know, last, uh, whenever you sent it, Friday, I think, that's sales related because you're being of service and you know that if you do, you know, your job beforehand and things are going to flow. To me, that's sales because you're, you're, no, you didn't get any money for doing it, but A, it is part of your job, but it also is in the customer service vein of just keeping the grids or the uh, rails greased. And I, I think that that's a big thing. A lot of people don't, um, I had, the, I had this thing happen this week um, where I asked a young lady, um, if so-and-so was going to happen. And she responded back, no, but I could send it to this other person if you need it. And I'm thinking, why don't you just send it to her and copy me? It would have been a whole lot easier than typing that. 
So I'm always I'm always thinking about why people do stuff when because to me it would have just been easy just to send it and say hey check out below copy me everybody's done instead of I I don't know it's just interesting how how I have found the 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 people that are able to think that way Greg of hey this is probably in they're more intuitive I, I guess that's the the word I'm looking for is hey, I know what this person needs, and here is how I'm going to respond. The people that are a, a little bit better at that intuition of how they can serve the customer best, boy, they, they, they um, but some people I have learned just maybe it's how they're wired or, or upbringing or whatnot. It just doesn't quite click sometimes because, you know, sales, Gabby, to your point is, you know, there's a certain, I can go be the guy knocking on a hundred doors. And while I might get into a hundred doors, not everybody's going to do business with us, right? Depending on what their situation is. And then once, and then we're okay. So we can serve 50 of them, right? Well, I can, I can get them working with us, right? And, and show them how it works. And then the people uh, that are sending the meeting requests and doing the work on a daily basis, are the people that keep that business, right? Um, I might, you know, stop by and make sure everything's going well, right? But the people in everyday operations on our side of the fence as our, our account managers, right, that are dealing with the service calls and quotes every day, and then the technical team, right? So the technicians are our biggest salespeople, right? If they're, we got customers today that won't, won't go away because they love their technician <laughs> or either they got a, a liaison, somebody, I, I was the glue. I, I've left the HVAC business twice in my career and realized both times when I left that I was the glue to a couple of those accounts, right? Because when something went haywire, they pick up the phone and call Corey Brown and Corey Brown could, could figure out, you know, what the, how to appease them some way, right? Or get things moving for them, right? But they had a trusted advocate. Um, so everybody's kind of got that. And if people own that, um, that relationship um, with, with clients, boy, it, it's, a, it's a much better situation and a much more fun environment to work in. It makes everybody's job so much easier, you know? Yeah. And one of my... I got it up on the wall back here. One extra step in everything you do. You know, if you're going to do 10 things on your agenda today, do 10 and a half or 11, you know, just one, one. I mean, like I was referring to that email earlier, it was the same number of keystrokes <laughs> of how it ended up. It was still 42 keystrokes. It just went to the wrong person or in my opinion, to the wrong person. But, you know, I just I'm always thinking about that because I'm an efficiency nut. A, you know, I walk around my house and I decide like, OK, I got to go to the bedroom. I got to go to the garage and I got to go to the kitchen. I'm I'm freaking trying to figure out my most efficient route to walk around my house. My my wife looks at me like you have completely lost your mind. Greg's house is one hallway. <laughs> That's just how. That's how I'm wired, you know. I'm I'm yeah, always sure. thinking about that, and yeah, you know, yeah. um, I don't know. It's just fascinating for sure. So, Corey, you mentioned a while ago technicians, and uh, part of, and you know, I'm a huge advocate for recruiting and retaining and training and all that good stuff. 
do y'all talk about that in sales training? Do you talk about the, the, the limited number of technicians and how you really have to be focused on getting, you know, quote unquote, the right kind of work or does that ever, ever how, how does that play with y'all? Absolutely. Probably more today than ever uh, because we're getting, you know, the, the, the whole industry is, is stressed more than ever for the technical help. So I think it's benefited the quality HVAC providers out there like Service Logic. We can we can pick and choose, you know, a little bit more of what kind of work we want to do because resources are limited, right? right. Um, so we don't want to do things that we want to maximize our time and efficiency with the teams that we have, right? So um, where if you're if you're growing a fledgling business, you probably you might remember this from back in the day when you're trying to grow your company, Greg. You might you might have taken something on just because you needed the business. <laughs> no, that never happened. Payroll was coming. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But, so th- thankfully, we're at a at a stage in in our uh, development here where. You know, our organizations are, while we want to grow, right, we want to grow in a smart way. And so, yeah, that there's particular, you know, I'll have I'll have people showing up from each of our individual contractors from all over the nation, from Seattle, Washington, to, you know, Florida. And so they might be good at I'm, I'm always a proponent. You know, you, if you're like me and you, you never don't never heard of HVAC. Right. And now you're you're hired in the HVAC role. Where do you start? Right. So I. I did that when I moved to Virginia, even though I had some experience in HVAC business in Eastern North Carolina, I was moving to major metro, 2 million people in the Chesapeake, Hampton Roads uh, area, and I knew no one. So it was, all right, Corey, where do you start? So I looked at the current business and what they were doing, right? And so they had some medical, they had some property management, and they had a lot of, uh, and that we were in the Great Bridge area. So I started with three things. I started with everybody within about a 15, 20 mile radius from my office. <laughs> and I, I was after all those commercial businesses because they were close proximity. And guess what we're measured on? How fast can you get there when my mess is not working, right? And then I, I started working in those verticals of property management and healthcare and started growing those um, divisions uh, we, I came from a manufacturing background, so I, I also added manufacturing, which I was just, you know, pushing that on my own. But so it was a place of reference that I could start and and grow from. So, so we're trying to pick and choose. I, I always promote do what you do well, right? And it'll be more natural for you. Yeah, I think about it. You know, a lot of salespeople are just selling. They're they're just selling whatever they can book and. Not not in our industry specifically, but just overall. Sure. But, you know, the the trades companies have to be pretty mindful now about what you're selling. And to your point, you want to maximize the the man hours. So if if, if right. you can do higher quality work for a higher quality uh, customer, you know, you really have to think about that. I was just curious. I never asked you that before, but I'm glad y'all are doing that and. And the, the safety aspect, you know, taking care of people because our people on the rooftop, salespeople, it's not PPE is not something that they think about like, you know, a technician would. And um, 
I know y'all do talk about that. How do, how does that come over when you've got a, a you know a twenty three year old young lady that's got to climb up on a roof? How does that? I, I'm curious of how you cross that bridge. I know how I did it with my crew, but how do you do it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a video specifically on it, Greg. If you want to tag that in the show notes, <laughs> Gabby. <laughs> I'm in a whole get up with PPE and, you know, glasses, goggles. I mean, so yeah, I mean, we're typically the first ones on the roof, right? Evaluating the situation. So uh, we, we do talk about PPE uh, to make sure everybody is safely opening up HVAC systems to count filters and look at belts. And I'd love to tell you, I did everything completely safe when I was out in the field doing it, but I, I probably made some mistakes and did some stupid things myself. I think I've never gotten hurt, but, you know, a skylights or something that we talk about. Hey, look, watch where you're stepping. Sometimes that you really can't, you know, you've got a glossed over skylight that dingy from the, the years of wear. You you may not see that thing. Re- reaching in, we did. We I, I remember one story of a, of a sales rep that tried to stop a belt. He turned off the unit, but the motor was still running. He tried to stop the belt from spinning with his hand, with his finger and his finger, you know, Ooh. Got a little broken on it. He, he didn't realize how much centrifugal force that daggone belt had. And, and all of a sudden he's involved in a pulley too far than what he thought. So we absolutely share some of those stories to make sure people are, are electric, you know, safety for electrical, turn the unit off, make sure every all the power's down. If you're opening up a unit, make sure you look just gloves have have saved me many times from being sliced by sheet metal that was you know jagged or uh whatnot so um again we're not having to be too evasive on the sales side if i can get model and serial numbers and age of the equipment off the data plate and get my filters right and and maybe take a photo if the customer wants to see the inside of what that unit looks like and and understand what a belt um size is i'm good Right. In most cases. And and my operations people that they'd be so proud. I got it all. They wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> well, I, I think that, you know, a lot of salespeople don't think about stuff like that. Like, OK, I'm going to go to work for a HVAC company commercial. I'm going to be climbing. And um, yeah. you know, that's, climbing is not natural to us as it, humans. You know, that's something that our our animals do, but we don't. Like, do that naturally. So, I'm glad y'all do talk about that. My mom uh, probably thought I was a monkey, so it came very naturally to me. However, I have, we have had some um, over the years, different reps that uh, that were female, and I, I have been on plenty of, um, you know, because when you think about it, it's all right. When when they hired me, they didn't think who's going to carry that ladder, right, and who's going to get on that roof. They assumed I would do it, right. Well, we did hire a twenty two or 23 year old young lady that um, was not planning to carry that ladder and really would, would rather not be on that roof because she was scared of heights. Get, yeah. Once she was on the roof, it was fine, but getting up to the roof was a problem. So it, there certainly are some, some challenges, but there's some ladies in our industry that absolutely rock it. Our ladies, uh, if you look at our women on LinkedIn and what they do, <laughs> I mean, I love it. I love watching. They're, they're doing great. They're doing great. I'm, I'm, I am glad y'all talk about just the, the human, um, you know, caretaking role of that sales piece because it's important. You know, we want to make sure everybody's 
everybody's good to go. But. I did learn, and one thing I do promote is that most people, you know, with our world of technology and everybody's carrying a camera in their pocket, you know, I, I have seen as a service to the customer, I spent time on surveys, right? Because many of our younger generation, what I found, wants to go snap a picture of all the data plates and get, get off the roof, right? Um, and I'll look it up when I get back to the office. Well, what I have found is I don't know what that how that unit's been taken care of until I open it up, right? You just don't know until you, you spend a little time to to see uh, evaporator coils happen to be the most overlooked thing in our industry, which I know you know very well. And it's many times that can be the problem, you know, in a, I went to this one plant, they wanted new units, right? They called me because Corey, we got a service guy coming out here and we're happy with them, but we don't have enough cooling in this place. I need four or five new units. Come look at it for me. I said, well, okay, let me, let me evaluate first. Well, all their evaporator coils is a key manufacturing place in Rocky Mount. And they had a, a, a an oil in the air that was misted, right? And so it looked like a black cat had blown up on every single one of those evaporator coils, and they could not breathe. So the, the, the service to the client was to show them, hey, this is the problem. That next summer after they hired us to clean all coils and take care of the plant, right, they were cooling like they hadn't in 15 years, right? They are important. We need to be safe, but they are important to spend a little time up there to, after you've taken your selfie. <laughs> there you go. There you and go. showing yourself serv- servicing a unit or surveying units. <laughs> Open one up. Well, Corey, we are at the top of the hour. Hard to believe. Great conversation today, man. I really enjoyed some of the rabbit holes we went down and just the whole human element of how we interact with people. In regardless of, of whether we're selling or keeping people safe or Gabby trying to figure out who she's working for today. So it's all, all good. Well, stuff. I got a question for you. How, how many did you hold? Uh, I know you're working with your with your dad. Uh, some did you were you the primary sales agent for a season or forever in your company? What how did how much did you sell versus having to manage and, you know, grow the team and all that? So when I got out of school. Um, I worked in the field as a technician for 10 years and then I started selling. And uh, that worked out well for me because I, that's when I adapted this uh, or adopted the, the educational kind of selling because I knew the mechanical side of it so well. That's kind of how, how I went. But uh, I still do that today. You know, when I'm out and about, I'm always talking about educating what's going on with the equipment sure. and you know two years from now when they get ready they'll call and kind of like you I, I get crazy calls i hadn't held my company it's been 10 years since i sold our company to service logic and i still have customers that call and say hey i need help over here on you know whatever sure but that's that relationship you build and that's what it's all about so i agree i agree thanks for the time today i appreciate you the conversation